we bless your name this morning, Len. Lord, as we continue in this season that we call Christmas, it's all about you. Lord, you say to fix our eyes and our hearts on you. And although there's a lot of things that may be going on, although we may be wrapped up in the things of this season or in just in the things of life, Lord, it's your name that we come back to. It's you that we draw our eyes and our hearts back to, not just for this season, but every day of our lives. Because you never change. You always stay the same. And so, Lord, when we look to you, no matter what we may be going through, we can find more than 10,000 reasons to bless your name because you continue to give us your very best. That's what Christmas is all about. It's not about what we can give to you, Lord. It's about you and what you've given to us, the greatest gift in your son. And Lord, there's a world out there that they might not know that. When we look at this world, we see that it's a world full of need, full of, in need of hope and peace and love. They need you, Lord. And so, Lord, as we continue to worship you, as we pray over our tithes and offerings, Lord, we give unto you this morning quite simply because you've given unto us. For unto us a child is born, and you should be given the name Emmanuel, God with us. And so we give unto, as we give unto you, Lord, our tithes and offerings, and we trust in you with our finances, we know, Lord, that you are still with us. That your heart is to reach people far from you. So, Lord, would you bless those who are giving right now? Let them know that what they're doing right now has eternal rewards because everything you do is to touch and impact someone's eternity. Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do, not just in this season, but in every season. We look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people because you are our great God. So, Lord, we love you. We bless you. We pray this on the name of Jesus. And we all said, amen. Amen. Woo! Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad that you're joining us here live in person as well as online. Before you have a seat, would you just turn to somebody and just share some love? Give them a high five. You can give them a hug. Give them a shaka for you guys online. Go ahead and greet each other in the chat. Merry Christmas. We're so glad that you're joining us here today. Christmas presents are exciting. Do you remember what you'd say is the best gift you've ever received at Christmas? I asked my kids this question, and here's what they said. My six-year-old loved her little talkie doll that could talk, blink, and not much else. Cost a whopping $110 after tax, and it lasted for a solid eight months before it found its way to the back of her closet. My nine-year-old said his favorite was the popular fantasy book series, six books in all, each getting progressively longer. The set cost $58 and lasted eight weeks before it lived its final dust-filled existence on a shelf. Now my tween loved the Brainy Putty collection that cost $32 and lasted a measly eight days before it went to live in our carpet. Finally, my teenage son wanted the ultimate drone with a 4K camera. 
It cost the most and lasted the shortest amount of time. I'd like to say it lasted eight minutes, but no, it was eight seconds, which is only impressive in bull riding. As exciting as those gifts are, what if there was a gift at Christmas that was far better? In fact, so much better that it makes these look like, well, toys. What if this gift was worth so much that no one could buy it for you, nor could you afford it? What if it was something of extreme value, like, say, life itself? And what if this gift was given through the birth of a baby who became our paid-in fall? That's the gift offered to all. It costs us nothing, him everything. It lasts just a bit longer than eight seconds, eight days, eight weeks, or even eight months. It lasts forever. Amen. What a gift that is. What a gift. Yeah? So, during this time of the year, we're looking at gifts. Like, can you think of, like, one of the gifts that you unwrapped and you're like, yes, this is the best gift ever. Like, what was it? What was it somebody gave you? You're like, this is awesome. Motorcycle. What? What? <laughs> wow. Yeah? Okay. What about anybody else? Like, what was a really cool gift? Surfboard. Surfboard. Yeah. New car. New car. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. Gifts. And what about bad gifts? Like, really? I got this for Christmas. Socks. <laughs> you know what is cool, though, is that one year, somebody actually, okay, so somebody gave me a gift, and I pray this person is not one of you guys, because I don't want you to be offended if this was you, because I really didn't know. But somebody gave me a fruitcake, and it was inside of a, a package or a, a box. It was wrapped. So I didn't know that there was food inside of it. So they gave it to me, and I put it under the tree, because I'm a stickler for the rules sometimes but I put it under the tree and I was like okay, I'm not going to open this until Christmas because I'm not 10 years old anymore I can wait so I put it under the tree and I left it there for I don't know how many weeks because they, they gave it to me early and so I stuck it under the tree and left it there Christmas morning I opened it and I was like oh no oops I was supposed to open this like a long time ago so I ended up throwing it away because you know Little did I know that I, I did some research recently on fruitcake and found out that fruitcake can last for years. Not weeks, not months, years. So I was like, oops, I didn't know that. I mean, had I known that, would I still have unwrapped it when, ooh, fruitcake, and eaten it? I'm not going to lie because we're in church. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe not, you know, but... Fruitcake can last a ridiculously long time. And if you think about it, the fruitcake has gotten a bad rap, right? People make fun of the fruitcake. Like, that's like all the jokes, right? What you got? What's the worst? Oh, fruitcake. You know, who eats fruitcake? But there are some people who like fruitcake. Is there anybody in here who actually likes fruitcake? Yeah? Wow. Okay, okay, okay. All right. That's good. So in Roman times, the fruitcake was like, back then like an energy bar 
because the soldiers would be fighting and their wars, you know, would last for years and years. And so they would have to send the soldiers food that could, one, fill their tummies, two, that would hold, would last, wouldn't rot right away, and would actually give them bursts of energy. And so that became like the fruitcake. And so as much as we make fun of the fruitcake, imagine, imagine being starving, tired, beaten up, and somebody brings you this wrapped sweet yumminess, and it makes you full, and it's sweet. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is under different circumstances, right? It's now good. So it becomes a gift. It's like, oh, this is the most awesome thing. So under those circumstances, not only is it a blessing, like a gift, but it's a necessity to survive. And I thought, you know what? That's kind of like how we treat God's hope sometimes, right? We treat God's hope or the church or just God in general, sometimes like a fruitcake. There are people who love, love, love coming to church. They'll show up every Sunday, every Wednesday. Even when we're not open, they show up. They just love the church. They love coming to church. Like there's no reason unless they medically, physically could not make it. They would not. They come to church. It doesn't matter. They'll be here this Christmas Day and this New Year's Day. They're going to be here. But then there's some of us who it took a little bit longer for us to get here. It was a little bit of a struggle to get here. You know, for some of us, it was like, uh, God is for you, not for me, you know. And we need, we need God. You know, some of you are struggling right now, in your seats right now, like, she's talking about me. <laughs> I didn't want to come this morning, it was cold. Or, today's my only day off. I just really wanted to rest. Or, my team is playing, wrap it up, hurry up, let's go. <laughs> Some people struggle. Or it was the, man, I just came because somebody kept inviting me and they won't stop, so just to shut them up, I came. Some people are, man, you know, I wake up early for school every day. This, today's Sunday, why am I waking up early? It's a struggle. So we treat God's hope sometimes as fruitcake, as something that, oh, yeah, it's not for everybody, you know. Some people we invite, and they just refuse. They refuse. They're like, God's hope, new hope, no hope. We've heard it all, trust me. <laughs> but you notice that sometimes the people that, that mock the most are the people that need the Lord the most. And I'm just speaking from experience. I'm not judging. I'm saying that I used to do that. You know, my, my sister and my brother-in-law would be just like, oh my gosh, my sister needs the Lord. And I'd be like, okay, okay, tell me about your Lord again. How's the Lord going to fix this problem in my life again? What's gonna, what is he going to do again? You know, and I needed hope in my life. And maybe my life at that moment wasn't in shambles. Maybe it wasn't like the end of the world situation. But they could see that I needed the Lord. They could see it. And so... They prayed. And maybe it wasn't the next day, maybe it wasn't a month later, but years later even, when I was like a soldier in the battlefield, where I was all of a sudden now clinging to God and his word and the church. And for those of you who have been here, 
all of a sudden now circumstances changed and it became a necessity. I needed to get filled. I needed to have another boost of energy in my life. I needed something to help me move forward. So you never know. You never know. But sometimes the people that, that mock the church, they need the church. They need the Lord. And the beauty of God's gift of hope, the beauty of it, it's a gift. It's free. And it's for all. It's for all. You know, like for us, like, okay, when we're Christmas shopping, those of you, have you guys been Christmas shopping lately? Started, yeah, kind of. Anybody done? Who's done? Who's done? Amen, sister. Good for you. Who's not done yet? Okay, thank you. Okay, I feel better now. See, I'm among people that we get it. But um, what was I talking about? Okay, so we're shopping for gifts, right? You're not shopping for everybody. You're not shopping for everybody in your neighborhood. You're not shopping for everybody in this church. You're not shopping for even all of your family. You're shopping for a select group of people, right? You have a list. There's people that you're shopping for. The beauty of God's gift is it's for all. It's for all. And the gift of hope. What is the gift of hope? What are you talking about? Well, in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. In his great mercy, he has given, not sold to us, given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. Really catch this. We have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Even fruitcake, years later though, but fruitcake will spoil eventually. But our inheritance will never perish, spoil, or fade. It's kept in heaven for us. This temporary, crazy, fun, wonderful sometimes scary and unpredictable world. This world is not our inheritance. This world is our temporary place. Our inheritance is in heaven, and our inheritance is from the Lord, and it's eternal. And inheritance, like people can leave stuff to people all the time, right? Like, oh, when I die, you guys can have my car. When I die, you guys can have the house. When I die, you can have, you know, my jewelry, whatever, you know? And it's not something you earned. It's something just given to you. And that's what the Lord is, he's giving to us because we're his children, so he's giving us our inheritance. We cannot earn it, we don't deserve it, but it's a free gift. But here's the thing about gifts. People can offer it to us, but we need to accept them. And that's our first point for today, is that we need to accept God's gift of hope. Wow, thank you. See how that happened? You see how that happened? He gave me a gift. I accepted it. I could have walked away from him. That would have been rude. <laughs> but I had to accept the gift. We have to accept God's gift. Why do we need God's gift of hope? Why? Well, in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. 
but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Doesn't that sound harsh? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you may think, but I don't sin. I'm a good person. That sounds so harsh, right? Like, I'm not as bad as that person. Or you should see my neighbor, or you should see my family. That person sins, but I don't sin. Well, let's take a look in the Bible what sin is. What does God consider rules that we should follow? Well, he wrote a little something called the Ten Commandments. And let's see. It says, you shall have no other gods before me, meaning God comes first. He is the only God, right? You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them in worship, meaning no idols. You shall have no idols. And then you might think, well, I don't have idols in my house. I'm not worshiping anything. I don't have a golden calf in my living room. But if you, ladies, if you think about Jason Momoa more than you do the Lord, <laughs> that's your idol. <laughs> Guys, you laughing, but if you think about football more than you think about the Lord, that's your idol, okay? Anything that you put above the Lord, all right? Another one is, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name, meaning we don't take his name in vain. We don't do that. Never. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Careful. It's not, oh yeah, it's my Sabbath. I'm not going to do nothing. No, it says a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Right? So it's for him. It's a day you spend with him. Another one is honor your father and your mother. Some of us, it's harder for us to do than others, but it's something that the Lord commands us to do. You shall not murder. Some people are like, oh, okay, I don't do that. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, and you shall not covet your neighbor's house, meaning you don't envy them to the point where you want their stuff. We don't do any of those. The truth is that we all need the Lord because we all sin. Sin is sin. And in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. We all need God's salvation. We all need him to save us from ourselves. You ever heard the term, we're our worst enemies? I'm my worst enemy. It's not the fast food place, restaurant's fault if I eat two cheeseburgers, fries, milkshake, and a sundae. It's not their fault. It's my fault because I chose to put that in me. It's not the cop's fault who gave me a ticket for speeding. I chose to speed. I just got caught. It's not anybody else's fault if I made an excuse to not come to church today because whatever. I'm tired. That's my fault. I made the choice. Sometimes we're our worst enemies, and we need, we need the Lord. And all God is saying is that, look, you, my children, are needing your father, the parent, to come in and help you. It's like a two-year-old child cannot just jump into a pool and start doing laps. 
We need the Lord, otherwise we will drown in life, in this world. We need him. We need his salvation. We can't, we can't do it ourselves. There's no way we can do it ourselves. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are not able to be sinless. We're not able to abide perfectly by the laws that God put forth. So why did God write the Ten Commandments then, right? Not because he was bored or he was like, oh, I just want to do something creative. He did it because that's his standards. He wants to show us what he would want us to be like, like him. He's the only one that's sinless. But he shows us where we fall short, and he shows us exactly why we needed Jesus to come to die for our sins. Because we could easily say, I don't sin. And until he shows us what sin looks like, we can minimize it all we want. We can say, ah, that's not a sin. I didn't mean to but then do it again. He says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Burden. Work. Finances. Depression. Anxiety. Difficulties. We take it on ourselves and we don't have to. You know, we, we, we say, oh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handle this. I got this. I got this. I'm going to kick this habit. I'm going to do better. I'm going to I'm going to change and I'm going to treat somebody better. I'm going to make this right. But the truth is, we can't do it alone cuz we're human. We fail. The good news is that he knows. <laughs> the good news is that he knows. And so that's why we need Jesus, the one who takes it all on for us. He took on death for us. Only he can fill the voids that we have. But it's a gift that you have to accept. We have to also unwrap it. We cannot just accept it. We have to unwrap it and we have to utilize it. Oh, look, fruitcake. <laughs> Yay. I was, okay, so last week we had our Christmas craft fair, right? And um, they were selling bags. And I was talking with Pastor Pauline and my friend Corey outside. And they're like, oh, I have enough bags. Anybody collect bags? Anybody's a collector out there? You buy, you have like 20-something bags, sometimes more. Shoes that you don't use. And you don't use them, right? It's in your closet in the nice box, sitting in there, and you don't use them. Because they were so expensive or they were so nice that you don't want to get them dirty. This is Hilo. There's mud everywhere, right? So we, we don't use them. We buy it, but we don't use shoes or bags. You, guys, you don't have to look at, don't do this. <laughs> but we do that because we want to preserve it. We want to keep it nice. But we were talking outside, and Corey and um, Pastor Pauline, they were talking about bags that they have that they never use so that she went to use it and it crumbled it fell apart because why we live in Hilo and it's muggy 
the weather, leather things. You guys notice leather, if you don't use your boots, your purses, whatever, it doesn't hold up well, yeah? It grows things on it. <laughs> like bread. Bread does not last long. Rice does not last long, yeah, in our house. It's like, boom, it's like, I just bought this. So we got to utilize what we do. What does that mean? Walk in it, know it, live it, breathe it each day with God's hope in you. Handle difficult situations, difficult people, road rage, (laughs) shopping rage. Handle it different. And you can just not handle or survive trials, but you can still grow and flourish from the trials, you know? Not just survive it, not just get through it, but grow. I have a, a good friend, one of my best friends, and he's, um, he's a co-worker from the radio days. I used to work in radio before, and I used to work with this guy. I've known him like over 25 years, and he's like one of my, my BFFs, and um, he's seen me go through some stuff. Like, he's seen me go through some stuff, and this one day he called me because he was going through some stuff, and... He asked me, and I'll never forget this day. I, it's so clear. It was like, it was an Easter Sunday. After a third service, he calls me and he says, hey, I have a question for you. He said, you know, like, all that stuff I saw you go through. How did you still show up to work and be cheerful? Because I was on the radio. So, you know, when you're on the radio, you turn on the radio. You don't want to hear anybody, hi. <laughs> you know, like Ross from Friends, Hi. Good morning, you guys. I'm so sad. You know, you don't want to hear that. So I couldn't be that. No matter what was going through my life, I had to be happy all the time. And so he was like, how did you do that? Show up and be like, hi, this is Kat. You know, I, how do you do that? And I, I said, okay. Do you really want to know? Because I will tell you. Do you want the truth? Or do you want me to lie to you? Because you're not going to like the answer. Because my friend at that time, was an atheist. Atheist meaning, not mad at God, not doubtful of God. Atheist just didn't believe God existed. He just didn't believe God existed. So I said, you sure you want me to tell you? And he said, yes. So he became willing and able to accept what I was about to tell him. And I said, it was God. God is the only way I could get through all that. There's no way I can do all this by myself. There's no way. No way. So when you say that, you know, you utilize God's gift of hope. You know? That was our second point. Utilize God's gift of hope. Put on the shoes. Wear the purse. Walk in it. Breathe it. Live it. Come to me, all who are weary. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. Anybody need rest for their souls? You know anybody who needs rest for their souls? Pretty sure. It wasn't one of the more, most com- comfortable conversations that I've ever had with this guy. But I cared enough about him to have it. I cared enough to share it. And that's our third point, which is to share God's gift of hope. We don't just accept the gift. 
but we also utilize it and we share it. Who likes pound cake? I mean, who likes fruit cake? Who likes fruit cake? Yeah? Here, come. Come. Yes, you. Come. I'm sharing, giving freely this fruit cake because you're willing to accept it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And I gave it to somebody who liked fruitcake and was willing to accept it. Otherwise, it'll just be a paperweight or a doorstop. <laughs> or it'll, he'll stick it under the tree and then throw it away later. So that's why I had to give it to somebody who's willing, right? Because we can preach all we want to our friends and our family, but if they're not willing to accept God's gift of hope, they're not going to get it. They're not going to take it. Today, that friend of mine is not only living an amazing, happy life, but after that day, that person started coming to church. That person accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. That person got baptized at Coconut Island. And I cried, I cried so hard. I cried my eyes out because I knew, I knew that he had received the gift of hope from the Lord. As followers, as Christians, especially during this time of the year, we need to give others hope. We have it, now it's time to share it. If I was outside of this short of, of outside of the church of the doors and you guys came walking in and I'd be like, oh, can you guys pray for me? You'd be like, okay, pastor. Isn't it supposed to be the other way around? But okay. And then, oh, can you pray for me? Oh, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? I'm not doing what God has told me to do. I know his hope. I'm supposed to now go share it. And each and every one of you, you guys, we are the church together. It's not just up to me. You know, we are the church. You have the hope in you. So we need to pray because we are the church. We are God's followers. We need to share. You know, we have a term the staff uses every Sunday or when there's a challenge or a hiccup that comes. Maya, who did the announcements earlier with Pastor Ben, Maya and Pastor Sheldon, sports guys, you can tell because they use this term every time we go through something and I don't know if it's biblical or not but it's uh, let's go let's go every time if we text hey this came up but then the power went out and it blew out our projectors and blah 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 but we're bringing in somebody to help us let's go that's the text I get and let's go with like 12 O's after the G let's go and it's like, okay, okay, okay. You know, they're trying to, like, we're trying to pump each other up. So I was like, okay, what's biblical about that? Well, Titus 3.14 says, Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. So don't just sit back. Let's go! Or this is my go-to scripture. When times get hard, or when I'm facing something, this is my scripture, Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, 
all things are possible. What does that mean? Let's go. That's right. Amen. With God, all things are possible. An atheist can come to know the Lord. An atheist is not somebody very easy to convince. Am I right? An atheist is, is somebody who just does not accept that God exists. If an atheist can believe, all things are possible with God. You find your scripture. It doesn't have to be the ones I show you. Can, it can be, you're going to be reading one day, doing your devotion, something's going to pop out at you. You're going to hear, let's go. <laughs> Write it down on a, a paper. Make it your, your home screen on your phone. So every time you open up your phone, you see that scripture. Share it. If you're a social media, media person, share it. Somebody needs to hear it. Put it on your mirror so that every morning when you wake up and you're brushing your teeth, you see that scripture. Like, let's go. Write a card. Send it to somebody. Invite them to church. If they don't come, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. And it's okay if some of them think of you as a fruitcake. <laughs> like, oh, you crazy people, you church people. I mean, I used to do that all the time to my sister and my brother-in-law, right? But they kept inviting me. I just had to be ready. And I had people like, like Pastor Alex who spoke last week Sunday. People like him and his wife, Berna, and Auntie Melba, who, forerunners of this church, my sister would be like, please pray for my sister. Oh my goodness, she needs the Lord. Like, for real. And they prayed. And look what happened. <laughs> Let's go. Come on, somebody. We gotta go. We gotta share and give out that fruitcake. God's hope. They may look at it sketchy at first, but eventually it may become a necessity for somebody. You never know what they're going through. One day, they will need to be filled and re-energized. One day, it won't be something that they'll just accept. It'll be something that they need. And they'll know where to come. They'll know who it comes from. God's hope. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, this, this moment in time that we chose you. We chose to be here. We chose to log on. We chose to hear this message. We chose you, your hope. God, thank you for giving your gift so freely and to giving it to all of us, Lord. Not just some of us, all of us. You offer it to everybody, Lord. If there's somebody here right now, they're saying, let's go, it's time. I want this. Maybe this is you right now and you're saying, you know what, I want to accept the Lord. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Or you're not sure, like it was so long ago, you're not even sure if you accepted Him. You're not sure. Let's do it right now. Let's pray together. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross. I believe you rose again and washed me of my sins. I accept you and your gift of hope to change my life to change me for your good I thank you and I praise you 
if you said this prayer for the first time, can you just raise your hand? Even online, just let somebody know that you can that you said yes to Jesus because we just want to pray over you right now. Father, you see the hands that are raised. Lord, your children that said yes to you, that accepted your gift, Lord, bless them abundantly. Strengthen them. Pick them up when they fall. Brush them off and push them forward. Protect them. Provide for them, Lord. And let them always feel your love so that they know no matter what happens in life, good, bad, whatever, that you are with them, God. We thank you for this gift. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say together, amen, amen. So I just want to remind you guys that we have our Christmas program coming up this Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. We serve dinner from 5.15 to 6.15 for purchase. Um, check, because we did announcements earlier and some, in, some of you may have come in after, please go to our app or our website and check out other things that have... Um, that we have coming up. There's special service times and there's also no services on certain Wednesdays. So make sure you check that out, okay? Other than that, you guys have a fantastic day and a week. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you guys later, okay? Love you. Bye.